Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube live on all of those days. Uh, you can go over there, subscribe to us, like this stream. You can also turn on notifications by clicking that bell so that you get notified every single time that we go live on this channel. You can find us on Twitter at Edgework Show. And of course, you can find all of the picks that are given out on this show in real time through the course of the week. You want to see our history through the beginning of the season, you can find this on the bet stamp app in the find better section as edge work up on the year so far rob todd so let's keep it going here today not not the usual crew but the last couple fridays we've had to rotate through and this is the first time i think that we've come on here and it uh i haven't been like cut off right away at the beginning by andy his mic not working or him coughing or something so uh it's a it's an interest it's an interesting day today here rob it's a nice break for all of us from Andy on a Friday. Uh, so I'm appreciating it. I want to end my 2022 strong and um, no better way to do it without it than without Andy. So appreciate <laughs> Todd jumping in here. But uh, yeah, I think Andy had to take his kid to the dentist today or something. And uh, I know that wow. the kid already probably has some bad genes because of, of his father. So like, yeah, take care of that. Get the teeth cleaned and everything like that right away. Right. <laughs> You just know he's going to come on to the next one and tell us about how good of a daddy is because on his kid's birthday, he didn't place any bets and didn't sweat anything out. And now he's not doing shows because he's got to take his kid to the dentist. So he's going to be all happy about that and, and think it's a reason to boast. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to hear from Andy next week. Uh, I see there's a comment here from Eric Andre it says, uh, it's a mess. When I made the thumbnail for this for the show today, I had in mind. Uh, have you guys seen the campaign with Will Ferrell and uh, Zach Galifianakis? Yeah, yeah. Yep. that scene. He's like, "Bring your brooms, cause it's a mess." Yes. yes, that was what I had in mind when I was thinking about the Florida Panthers looking ahead at uh, their game today against against the Canes. Like I'm looking at some of the odds for today's games. It is just wild what's going on in, in the East with Florida as well. But, I mean, before we get into some of these games, uh, I was wondering if anybody had any takeaways. One thing, I mean, obviously being a Leafs fan, watching the game last night, uh, it's kind of rough having to see the Leafs drop another game to Arizona, having to not only watch that, but also watch the screen flicker back and forth between regular color to green to purple. Uh, just a gong show of a situation out there in Arizona and with the broadcasting crew last night. But uh, Rob, did you get to catch that Leafs game at all? Uh, I caught the two empty netters for Arizona. So I'm a Dallas Cowboys oh, nice. fan and I was watching uh, Dallas... Uh, beat Tennessee in a very unconvincing fashion last night, flipped over. I'm like, what the hell? Leafs are losing again to Arizona. And I caught the uh, the double empty netter for the Coyotes. But um, that kind of goes against something that I've been monitoring now for going on, I'd say, three or four weeks, which is uh, I actually love betting the Eastern Conference teams against the Western Conference teams. I think that's like a bit of a hidden advantage in the market right now. 
Obviously didn't work out with Toronto last night, but the Flyers did beat the Sharks last night in the only other um, East-West game. And honestly, like if we, who is the best team in the West right now? Like probably Dallas. Yeah, consistently probably Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Where does Dallas fall in the East? They're probably like the eighth best team, maybe. Like there, there's just there's no top quality teams in the Western Conference right now, and all these other smaller minnows, Buffalo, Detroit, teams of Ottawa, teams of that nature that are playing in the East are consistently playing powerhouses on a nightly basis. And it makes their peripherals look a lot worse. So I think when you adjust for quality of schedule, a lot of these lower rated, but like teams like Buffalo, for example, who beat Vegas uh, a week ago as well, um, they, they look a lot worse just because of the conference that they play in. But that's sort of something that I've been targeting for a while now. And, uh, I, I don't like have a Western conference team that I'm convinced is actually like an elite team. It, like there's, there's no one in the West that I think is an elite team. I'm just kind of waiting for Colorado to get healthy because the peripherals are there. And I feel like once McKinnon and Landis Cog and those guys are back, they'll start scoring at will again, but I'm with you. There's nobody really in the West right now that I'm lining up to bet on a nightly basis. Yeah. This is where it kind of comes into play with the playoff format, right? Like I've seen some of the some very interesting ways that they could uh, they could re rack the playoffs as you go into it. But like you look at some of the standings right now, you've got the Islanders, the Penguins, and uh, and the Rangers all with forty four points. That would be ahead of the Wilds, the Avs, the Flames. Uh, and the Kraken, and who are all currently in playoff spots out in the West. Now, it is, I mean, about halfway through the season, and it's not like it's a crazy amount of points up on those teams, but these are teams who are legitimately fighting for playoff spots out in the East, and they just be comfortably ahead of teams who are feeling pretty good about themselves down the stretch here in the West going into playoff spots. I will say, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before, but my favorite proposed playoff format was by uh, a radio host here in Toronto, Brian Hayes, and he suggested that going into the playoffs, you allow the number one seed to draft the team that they play against in the playoffs. That was the favorite one to me. That would never happen. Gary Bettman would never allow that, but that would create so much chaos. Like You want storylines, that would be it. Imagine the one seed picks a team to play against and they lose to them. Well, I I mean, I, I actually really like that idea. And honestly, the NHL... They would never do it, like you said, because they're, you know, they're kind of rooted in their ways. But that could be a pretty big event in and of itself, like the playoff draft, so to speak, where that could do some serious ratings um, for the for the league overall. But you always get the situation every year where like there's like a a team that did really well in the regular season and they suffer like a big injury late in the year. And it's like, uh, like that team's going to go in as the three seed or the four seed into the playoffs. And it's like, uh, everyone wants to play that team right now. So like, I do think that there should be an added incentive um, for the teams to pick. I've always loved that idea. I think it's, I think it's unique. Um, It creates like, I, the the NHL playoff structure, the way it is now is like Bettman wants to create these rivalries, right? Like, this is the whole thing. Like it's not, it doesn't work. Like the lead, you know, there's so many teams that are just, you're, you're forcing something that's not there. You want to create a rivalry, have teams start to pick who they're going to play against. And then you're going to start to create rivalries in the league. Like that's how it's really going to work because you're going to get the back against the wall for all these teams that are, 
uh, oh, they wanted to play us. Why didn't they pick these guys, this and that? And, and that's how you create rivalry in sports. Yeah, well, like, think about the first place team. They go and they pick, like, the eighth place team because they think that's the best matchup for them. Like, some of that stuff would just be so intriguing. And you go in the locker room and it's like, just remember, that team picked to play against us. Like, they chose to play against us. I think some of that gotta, would create some You got to do it like, like uh, March Madness, right? Like how they have all the kids at every school that are on the bubble just all sitting in a gym together watching the screen and their team gets picked <laughs> yeah. and they jump. Like, this would be, you got you to gotta have every team in their own dressing room with full camera on them. Like, as soon as that team sees who their GM picked, for them to play against and vice versa who which team got picked to play you know to, to go up against another team you show the live in the like this stuff writes itself right i don't know why the nhl is so they're just so opposed to like anything that's not i i, I they just come up with the dumbest shit all the time that's all i can really say but like it's uh, it's fr in, infuriating the current playoff structure is infuriating yeah, Bettman's just not interested in any change. Hence why uh, the Coyotes are playing in uh, Arizona State right now. So, right. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a pretty good example of it. Let's get into some of the games here tonight. We'll uh, preview each of the four, as there's usually not that many games on Fridays. So we'll go through each one and then give uh, some best bets and some uh, insight on them. Well, we're looking at, so let's start with New Jersey-Pittsburgh first. Uh, New Jersey right now, Todd, I'm sorry. They're second in the Metro right now, and they've kind of taken a little bit of a slide. Keith, uh, it was um, Keith Yandel had said about a month, month and a half ago, like he thinks the Devils are going to miss the playoffs. Everyone said, you're nuts for saying that. And since then, it's kind of started to tail off. Like this team is 2-7-1 and one in their last 10, six points back of Carolina, now only one point up on Washington, two points up on Pittsburgh. And this is a team that had created some significant room for themselves in the standings now i don't know if this will actually result in them completely missing the playoffs but if they continue down this path that's more than uh, that's more than possible uh then they're going up against pittsburgh who had started to figure some things out they are holding on to the first wild card spot right now uh they just were passed by washington they're on a three-game losing streak with losses from carolina the Islanders and the Red Wings, and one of those included a brutal four-nothing blown lead that they had, where they end up losing in overtime to Detroit. Despite Pittsburgh finding their stride, they've had a bumpy last couple of days. You're looking at this one. Pittsburgh is favored against the Devils here tonight, minus one twenty. Uh, seeing best price for the Rangers in this one, plus one fourteen. Todd, uh, do you have any? Uh, do you have any side in this one? Do you have any interest in this game? Yeah, I played the Devils last night at plus 125. I would still play them at plus 114. Um, even though they've been losing a lot, they've still been playing well largely. They've been controlling one of the play at 5-5, five five, getting the better high-danger chances. Uh, by and large, they just haven't been able to score, which, I mean, their bottom six, they don't have much punch in it, but with Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, etc., it's only a matter of time before they start converting chances. Uh, the last two games, they faced Boston twice in a row. Um, they outplayed them both games. I think they generated something like eight expected goals over two games and scored four because Linus Allmark was just unreal, which he has been all year. Um, so I don't think it's time to panic in New Jersey. I still think they're a good team. Um, and over the last 10 games, Pittsburgh has allowed more shots uh, per minute than all every team in the league except for Anaheim. So I think they're a little vulnerable on defense right now. And I think this is a good spot for New Jersey to generate chances and maybe get some shooting regression. I'm in a similar boat to Todd here. Uh, 
I like the Devils. I think that there's, you know, decent margin uh, to play the Devils on this game in specific. One other thing of note, Chris Letang uh, mispracticed yesterday as well for the Penguins. Mike Sullivan said he's dealing with a lower body injury. So that's another thing just to keep your eye on specifically for this game. But um, it's the dad's trip, man. Like, like, what are we doing here? You know, you're playing in front of all the fathers that were coming out for just a couple of games a year. Of course, you know, they're going to get the maximum effort, right? That's the narrative based, uh, um, you know, thing when it comes to hockey nowadays. But I agree with a lot of what Todd said there. The, The Devils, despite the fact that they've been losing games, there was a, a point where their like their peripheral metrics tailed off a little bit relative to what they were at the start of the year, but they're actually playing well now, and they're just not getting the results. And typically, teams like that are undervalued in market. Um, and Pittsburgh's like the complete opposite. For me, Pittsburgh was like a buy-on team for a while, where they their peripherals did not match like their underperformance. They went on a run, and now we're seeing them kind of tail off as well. So uh, I like the Devils here plus plus one fourteen. I think. I think that's a, a pretty decent price on them tonight. All right. Well, consensus best bet then on the on the show here. Devils plus uh it's actually got to one fifteen there. So if you can find that, Ooh. uh there's some some books with one fifteen. So we'll lock that in on the bet stamp app. New Jersey plus one fifteen on uh, the money line there tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Another game to look at here, Nashville, Anaheim. Um you want to talk about teams in the West that just aren't that great. This is a prime <laughs> example there, Rob, of this one. But you're looking at Nashville being pretty decently favored in this one, minus 150 to Anaheim, plus 142. Uh, actually, you're even seeing plus or minus 156 on Nashville right now uh, for this one. And Anaheim's crept up since we even started the show to plus 149. Uh, but Nashville is seven points out of a playoff spot right now. They're off losses to the Avalanche and the Stars. Anaheim's just not being good. Like they had, there was a point in time where they were through 30 games and they had only had one win in regulation. Now they've at least gotten that up to three. So uh, a round of applause to them for adding on those two more. But neither of these teams have been great. I think Nashville probably should have been better than they were just uh, at least i'll buy a little bit like maybe not much but we're looking at this one it looks like uh there's no goalie announcements no confirmations rob how do you kind of break down this game is it accurately priced so here's what's happening in my opinion um anaheim's i don't want to say that they've gone on a run because they haven't gone on a run but they've largely been better in terms of results over the last few weeks than they were at the beginning of the year which was pretty ugly and then you get Nashville, who's won two of their last 10 games, seem to be falling off a cliff. And I think the market is maybe overcorrected a little bit on this one, where Anaheim, like we would be used to seeing them in, honestly, this game was played like a month ago, Anaheim's plus 200, right? Um, something along those lines. And we've seen quite an adjustment on both of these teams. Uh, Nashville gets Matt Duchesne back tonight. He missed last game because he was attending to uh, the birth of his child, uh, he was with his wife through her pregnancy. So they get him back in the lineup for the early start today. My only concern is that this might be a Kevin Lankinen start for Nashville, which honestly, Lankinen has been fine this year, like for, for a backup, pretty quality this season. But it's just such a big downgrade from Soros that I would have to wait for a goalie confirmation in order to play this game. Uh, the strong lean would be towards Nashville. If you wanted to reduce some of the VIG, obviously you could play a puck line or you could take them in regulation or something along those lines. But I think if Sorrow starts, the value in this game lies on Nashville. 
Yeah, I'm on uh, Nashville and regulation. Uh, I played at a plus money. Pretty much, I agree with everything you said. The Ducks are still just god awful. Over the last ten games, their high danger chance share is like thirty four percent at five or five. Like it's honestly embarrassing. Like, <laughs> um, Nashville should definitely control the run of play in this game. Um, I would definitely prefer sour starts, but as you mentioned, Lankinen's been good this year. Among 74 goaltenders who have played eight games, he ranks sixth and goal saved above expected per start. So he's actually been really good. I don't know if he's going to be that good moving forward, but I'm not too worried about him starting against this Ducks team. And I, like you said, I think um, the market's like overrating the Ducks a little bit right now just because they've gotten a few results lately. Um, so I'm, I'm on Nashville and regulation. All right, fair enough. Yeah, this is one of those ones. I, I mean, if we had so money on, he'd be at, re- clicking refresh over and over again to find out the goalie news and breaking it live to us on well, the, the air. But the thing is, it's a five o'clock game, so are they going to even have a practice today? Probably not. The question. They probably, probably won't even take the ice. Yeah, yeah, so we won't find out till half hour before the game. What yeah, a weird start time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, fair enough. It's it's a so this is like a two o'clock afternoon start in Anaheim today. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. That seems very highly unusual. Yeah, that would make sense if today was New Year's Eve or something. But right, yeah, kind of weird. That's uh, that's the um, the NHL special right there. They just <laughs> they have no idea game. what's going on. Yeah, fire games. Um, <laughs> D saying not the greatest beat writing team in Nashville either. Well, there are worse. <laughs> there are worse than that. Anaheim might be one of the worst ones. Yes. actually, Anaheim would like be the, the worst, worst around. You can't find any information on Anaheim games. No. They have like three beat writers and none of them ever tweets anything. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, another game to look at, look at here, maybe a little bit more of an interesting game or a fun game to watch tonight would be between Florida and Carolina. Um, look, I, I made the thumbnail like Florida. It's a mess in Florida. And realistically, it still is. They're, they just they did just get a win, a 7-2 win over the Habs there in their last game, but this team is eight points out of a playoff spot right now. They had a three-game skid before that win against the Habs. Look at their goalies. Bobrovsky, like their $10.5 million guys at 8-9-7 save percentage. Uh, Spencer Spencer Knight has been a bit better, but he's still at like a, a 9-0-9 here. This team cannot string together more than two consecutive wins uh it's it's been very very inconsistent it's it's actually been consistently inconsistent for florida at this point of what they are and who like what their game has been on a nightly basis but a team that has been extremely consistent lately has been carolina carolina right now is first in the metro seven points back of boston in the east which is decent number in terms of points but realistically over the course of the remaining season here about half of the season left like that's a make up upable number and considering how far ahead boston was uh about a couple weeks ago like that doesn't seem as ridiculous carolina here on a nine game win streak and their only loss in the last 10 games was actually a loss to the ducks in overtime Carolina right now minus 170 against Florida plus 165. Uh, Todd, is this kind of uh, is this accurately priced to you? Um, I think it's goaltending dependent. Uh, well, my play would be. I don't really like either side in this game. I like the over of six if Kakachev doesn't start. Ranta got a shutout in the last game, so I'm kind of hoping that they just ride the hot hand, so to speak, because 
by goals saved above expected per start, he's almost a full goal worse than Kokachev. Kokachev's plus 777, Manta's minus a quarter. So I think that's a good look in this game um, if Ranta starts. But otherwise, I don't have a play in this game. I kind of see it where it is. I'm uh, I'm in full agreement with Todd. So um, we don't know for sure if Ranta's going to start, but it looks like he's in the starter's crease uh, right now at okay. practice okay. for the Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes are scary, man, because like, you're going to get Pacioretty back in the next couple weeks as well. Not tonight, yeah. but like that's just going to be another addition to an already very deep lineup. Um, the Panthers, I have, I mean, got to take into account the goaltending situation here now. So I think what's most likely to happen, especially with Florida on the back-to-back, Carolina will probably badly outplay them tonight, but they do have the worst of their goaltenders in there. Um, maybe the Panthers are able to overcome that in some capacity. Like, I'm not going to be running to lay um, this price right now. Carolina, what, minus 170 range? Um, with who I think is the worst goalie on their roster. So that's not going to happen. But the over six, definitely appealing. Um, even the six and a half at plus money, don't hate that whatsoever either. Um, I do think that this game is going to be played at pace pretty fast. Uh, neither team with an above average goaltender going into this one. Uh, so I agree with Todd's look here. I, I like the over in this game, assuming Ranta is going to start. Uh, Rob, question for you. So one thing that I've kind of thought about Carolina, and I think it kind of played out in the last couple of seasons that they've got to the playoffs. Now, not this is not the only reason, but it feels like they didn't, they don't really have that superstar. Like they don't have that the guy. Uh, and I think that that kind of hinders the team a little bit. You can obviously still have success and potentially win Stanley Cups without that, like the guy. Uh, but I think that having that is something that can really push you over the edge and differentiate you. I don't think Carolina nece- necessarily still has it, but with adding Burns, with adding Pacioretty when he comes back here, is it enough of the guys who are in that tier just below to make up almost like a nucleus of guys who can create the guy? Or do you think Carolina might still have to kind of add a piece? Or like where are they at in terms of team structure and ability to win a Stanley Cup? I guess it it depends on how you define the guy. Because if we look at like Connor McDavid, no playoff success. Austin Matthews, yeah. no playoff success, right? So I don't think that there's like a high correlation right now between having a, a bona fide tier one superstar and playoff success. And Carolina to me is just a really well-built team. Like they 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 don't really have, in my opinion, a legitimate weakness. Um, I guess the weakness is that they don't have like that tier one superstar, but that's going to be like a line that they're going to, a team that's going to roll like three lines pretty deep in the playoffs, good defensive core. Um, they will get Anderson back eventually, and then they'll have an option between Anderson and Kachekov as well over the course of the playoffs. Like, scary team right now. Now, granted, it's the NHL. Things change on on a whim like that, and you never know where we're at, at come April and May. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the team that I probably would want to be avoiding at all costs in the, in the early going of the playoffs. Yeah, and further to that point, um, just the way Nekas and Svechkov are breaking out, they're both like a point per game right now. So I feel like those two hitting another gear definitely helps. And then I saw yesterday that Patch already was skating on a line with those two, like practicing for when he returns. So like if that's your second line, that's pretty yeah, that's pretty yeah. tough to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess my reference point is kind of like you look at Boston's with Marchand, Bergeron, McAvoy kind of thing, and like Tampa, Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, right? Just like some of those guys I think probably are a little bit above in the tier than kind of the guys Carolina has, but I think that that's a fair point. And yeah, if your team is just that good and you get the goaltending, ultimately it's not really going to matter. Final game here, a team that's not really getting the goaltending, Teams that are not really getting goaltending, other than really one guy of the of the four that have been run out between the two teams here in Stuart Skinner, where you're looking at Edmonton, Seattle. I'm I'm honestly just gonna pull up the odds here to just check and see what they're at as of right now. Uh, currently, Edmonton minus one hundred eight, Seattle. Um, there's a rogue plus plus money out there on Seattle, but you're seeing like minus one hundred two down through minus one ten on Seattle here tonight. But this Seattle team has really dropped off since the start of the season when they came out absolutely flying. Part of that was because they were getting incredible goaltending from Martin Jones, and that just hasn't held up. He's dropped down to what Martin Jones has been the last couple of seasons, now sitting at an 888 save percentage, Grubauer 889, their third string goalie, Joey Decord. 900 save percentage it, like it's just they haven't been getting the goaltending this is a team that's found ways to score found ways to win games still but right now they are ahead of Edmonton because of their win percentage they're tied in points at this at, at this point in the season and you're looking at Edmonton I like I I love the rumors especially when it comes to McDavid just because I just for some reason my personal thoughts on them or feelings towards Edmonton is just like wanting to see their world burn after having all those first first overall picks that just didn't pan out and now you're starting to see conversations of like well if Edmonton misses the playoffs do they trade McDavid so that stuff gets fun to watch from an exterior perspective but I don't even know what to make of this game here tonight, Rob. Uh, I don't know if there's a, if you have any lean or a side that you're preferring in this one, but like as it sits right now, it seems like it's kind of a coin flip. There was some some news that we got uh, this morning, courtesy of the man who's uh, just a great father and couldn't come to the show today. But um, is there anything you're looking at between Edmonton and Seattle tonight? Yeah, so that particular piece of news, I think there's two things to monitor specifically with this game. One is the status of Leon Dreisaitl, which it seems like he is expected to miss the game. And in my opinion, that is not priced into the market fully right now. So that's one situation that we have in favor of Seattle. The second is that this could possibly be a Jack Campbell game. And there is a massive difference between Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner right now. And, you know, Am I interested in fading Edmonton with Skinner? No, because you're going to get one of Jones or Grubauer. It's going to be a significant goaltending mismatch in, in favor of the Oilers. However, you take Dreisaitl out of the lineup, everybody moves up a spot, or Ryan Ugin Hopkins probably moves up a spot. It, it's going to be tough not to bet Seattle basically as a pick'em on home ice without Dreisaitl for the Oilers. So no matter what, I think Seattle's the play here, but you have some added upside in that you could get Jack Campbell and then you might as well just bet even more on Seattle at that point, because they should close like minus minus one twenty, if not even higher than that, if that's the case. So um, not high on the Kraken personally. I think everything you said is right, Zach, they've kind of fallen off. A lot of that's been, um, you know, goaltending over the course of the past month or so, but we're at a range now where like, I just, I just can't get behind this, this price with what we, uh, with the possible possible upside that we have for the Kraken in this game. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything Rob just said. 
Like I, I see a little bit of an edge on Seattle right now, but I kind of don't want to do it because I can't stomach Stuart Skinner stealing the game. Uh, <laughs> well, Martin Jones like completely sucks. Mm-hmm. But if Jack Campbell starts, that's a great A banger on Seattle because of 71 goaltenders this year with eight plus starts, Campbell's 65th and goals saves above expected per start. The only guys worse are like Merz Lickens, who's like on an island right now. I don't know where he is. Kyle Peterson's in the AHL. Alex Nedeljkovic is like the third stringer in Detroit because he's been so bad. Like those are the only guys who have been worse than Campbell. So like he's just God awful. And if Seattle's plus money at home against him, I'm definitely all about that, but I don't want to risk Skinner. I I would say for this game in particular, from a props perspective, as much as I I lean towards Seattle in the game, I think that they're the side. um, This would qualify as one of those games from a props perspective where you will probably get some very good prices on Oilers players to score in the top six if Dreisaitl is out. So <laughs> the lab is up there. Sorry, a little guest appearance here. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, so like the, the two that stand out for me, one would be Ryan Nugent Hopkins for one. He's likely to get elevated in lineup, see a lot of Dreisaitl's minutes if that uh, is indeed the case. The second guy is Zach Hyman for me who has already, in my opinion, been one of the unluckiest players in the entire NHL this year. He's shooting more than a percentage below his career shooting percentage. He's still generating a ton of high danger and medium danger chances this season. Like I believe he has one of the highest medium danger chances uh, rates in the entire league for this season as well. So, you know, you're, you're not getting that accurately priced right now. This is priced as if Dreisaitl's playing because he's listed at all these sports books. Um, so maybe guys like Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, whether it's goals, shots, however you want to play them, whatever derivative you want to play them at, uh, are probably worth a look for Edmonton. All right. Well, we can uh, we can lock in the Zach Hyman anytime goal scorer there on the uh, on the BetSimp app as edge work in the find better section. Rob, you haven't uh, been on a show with Todd yet this year, oh, so you haven't got to experience Toddy props. Uh, Todd's just going to uh, fire away for anyone who's new to Todd being on the show. I saw a comment here from Connor Hartle, Toddy Friday. There you go, Toddy Friday, the Toddy props. Get the Toddy props experience. So, Todd, let's hear uh, what props you have for us here tonight. Okay, I have three so far. I'd probably have four if there was any Darnell Nurse props list anywhere, but he's hit like nine games in a row and the books just decided he doesn't exist anymore, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> but the props I do have for you, I have Jared McCann over two and a half shots at plus 114. Uh, he leads all Kraken forwards and shot attempts the last 10 games. Uh, he shoots the most when he's playing on a line with Jordan Eberle, which is expected to be the case. Uh, like of all the regulars who he's skated with, he has the highest shot rate with uh, Eberly. He's also on the top power play, um, which gives him extra opportunities to generate shots. So I like McCann at plus 114. Um, Roman Yossi over four and a half at plus 110. Love that. Uh, he's a machine. The Ducks are the worst shot suppression team in the league. Uh, Yossi, I believe, is fifth in the league in shot attempts, only behind like Pasternak, Ovechkin, like the top, top guys. Um, Yossi's been regularly hitting over four and a half against much better teams than Anaheim. So I really like him in that spot. And then I have a, a parlay here of uh, Dougie Hamilton over two and a half with Andre Smetchkov over two and a half. Uh, Hamilton, like Yossi, is one of the best shot generating defensemen in the league. Um, with John Marino and Ryan Graves out, he's playing an extra two to three minutes per game. So there's even more opportunity for him to shoot. 
Um, as I mentioned, over the last 10 games, only Anaheim's allowed more shots than Pittsburgh. Um, so it's not like it's a great matchup. Or, yeah, it's not like the Penguins are a stiff matchup. And then right. also, the Penguins are fourth last in the league in shot suppression to opposing defensemen. Only like Columbus and Arizona, teams like that, give up more shots to defensemen. So I love Hamilton at two and a half. You can ladder him at three and a half at plus money if you want as well. And then Svechkov last. Um, he is a much better shot generator at home than on the road. Um, he's at home. It's a pace-up spot against Florida. Um, he has averaged four shots in seven attempts his last 10 home games. So I think over two and a half parlayed with Hamilton at plus 154 is a really good value. All right, we locked all those in on the Bet Stamp app. There you go. There's your uh, <laughs> toddy props for the Friday. So lead you in with some nice shots on goal props uh, and a little parlay mix in there. There was no um, like Carlson Carlson parlay or anything no. like that today, Todd. What happened? <laughs> well, there's no Carlson's play, so that's the first this year. <laughs> only only three props on four games. I'm highly disappointed in this uh, entire segment. I know. <laughs> Normally I spit out like 10 and it's like half the show. It just doesn't stop. I'm just rambling on. Like people are probably tuned out by like the third prop. <laughs> but there's winners in there. There's winners. That's why the, uh, the edge work account is up on the season. So you can find all the picks that are given out on here on the edge work account in the bet stamp app. Look at that. 150, 172 and four up 13 and a half units though at 3.7 roi not bad not, it's not bad the, it's not the record that matters right it's that <laughs> exactly. return on investment yeah look at that there's all of our uh, picks for today and uh just a rogue minnesota wild stanley cup winner from uh from matt matt russell on the tuesday show so uh <laughs> uh, i saw that the other day and i was just laughing i forgot that he was even in there i'm like wild wild he pick. loves the wild he comes on each week <laughs> and just gives a random wild bet I mean, the West is so wide open. Any like the Wild can win the West. Easily. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just funny. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, all right, there you go. There's today's show. Hopefully, everyone got uh, got those picks. If you did not, you can find them back after the fact in the BetStamp app as edge work in the find better section if you missed today's show live you can always watch them back on youtube on our youtube channel as edge work make sure to subscribe to us there like this stream like this video after the fact and you can turn on notifications so you get notified when we do go live so that you don't miss it in the future and if you're just catching the tail end of this you want to catch up on it and you don't want to watch you can always find us on podcasting platforms in the future or for today's episode so make sure to find us there as edge work as well rob todd thank you guys thank you to everyone who tuned in today good luck on your bets tonight and happy new uh, year everyone yeah happy, happy new, new year, year and yeah. we'll see you guys next week Thank you.